0: Many people are using the FaithFi app to help provide the wisdom, community, and money management to stay on track financially speaking. To date, over 37,000 members are using its digital envelope system, participating in our community forums, and engaging in virtual workshops. And one of the most convenient features is the ability to keep all your accounts in one place for an easy at a glance view. You can choose from one of three options depending on your management style, and it's available on desktop or mobile. Go to faithfi.com and click app to get started.
1: Asked if he'd like dinner, a budget airline passenger asked, What are my choices? The attendant responded, yes or no. Hi, I'm Rob West. When you're on a budget, you may forget that you still have choices and flexibility. Today, John Putnam joins us to talk about the 3D budget and how it can help you get your priorities straight. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, Biblical Wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, it's always a treat to have my friend John Putnam back on the program. He's a certified financial planner, a certified kingdom advisor, and founder of Smarter Stewardship, a marketplace ministry, and John, we're delighted to
2: have you back. Rob, always good to be with you.
1: Hey, I came across your 3D budget recently. It's a free resource that you're offering at smarterstewardship.com. And I really wanted to share this with listeners as a fresh new look at their spending plan. Uh, I think it's really important. Tell me why you created it.
2: Rob, you know, so often with budgets, (laughs) I've just been doing this for so long. People sit down with their budgets and it's just a long list of income and expenses, uh, just a long list of sort of two dimensional numbers, dollars in and dollars out. And what I wanted to do was create something that would give the people a tool that would provide more perspective on their budgets that they're not getting just looking at dollars in and dollars out. I
1: love it. So what specifically is offered
2: here that gives someone better control over their money? Well, the first piece you need to understand is that all expenses are not created equally. Yeah. So when we look at all of our expenses on a budget, we need to understand that everyone has a different weight about them. Mm. And what it does is really allows you to refresh your goals. It helps you understand what your outflows are, what are flexible, what are not, where could you increase cash flow And it creates a unique perspective that you can not only use yourself, but it makes it easier to communicate your budget with your spouse or an advisor. Great.
1: Well, folks can download it at smarterstewardship.com and take a look at it themselves. But give us the nuts and bolts of the 3D budget.
2: I'll give it to you pretty promptly. It's pretty straightforward. So if you can imagine your regular budget is just a line of income coming in, expenses going out, and you want your expenses to be less than the dollars coming in. We all know that. But what I wanted to do here was to take each of these expenses And then create three columns. These are the three dimensions. Column one is what you have to pay. This is anything that is contractual in nature or required, like your rent or your mortgage or a credit card. Column two is what you need to pay. These are needed, but they're a little flexible. Think about um, how where you get your Internet service from or cable or dry cleaning, possibly. And then finally, you've got the third column, which is what you want to pay. These are 100% optional. They could go to zero at any given time, and it wouldn't affect your basic living expenses. And by creating these three columns, you can take each expense out of your budget and say, okay, is this something I have to pay, something that I need to pay, where I've got a little flexibility, or something that I want to pay? And that last column, what I want to pay is really important, especially times where we're thinking about like this upcoming recession or we may be in it. We talked about this a while back, Rob, is yeah. that if you need to capture immediate cash flow, This want-to-pay column, you can take it to zero, and it doesn't affect anything financially in in the work that you're doing on a month-to-month basis.
1: I love it, John. It's a simple change, but it could really give you a unique perspective into your budget, perhaps, that you haven't had previously. Just 30 seconds left. How does this help you prioritize your actions?
2: Rob, the simplest way to say it is it adds perspective that you don't have in just looking at a column of numbers. It gives you three different looks at your differing expenses, and it gives you different approaches to deal with each one in an impactful way.
1: Yeah, some of them really immediate, like the want to. Others are going to take a little bit longer, but it helps you look at it in a way where you can take some action. John, thanks for stopping by, my friend. Always great to be with you.
2: Always good to be with you, too.
1: That's John Putnam, founder of Smarter Stewardship. You can download a copy of your 3D budget at SmarterStewardship.com. It's on the resources page. Again, SmarterStewardship.com. All right, your calls are next. 800 525 7000. That's 800 525 7000. We'll be right back. God's
0: Word is packed with life changing wisdom about your finances. And Faith and Finance is here to help you and many others to be wise stewards of God's resources. We rely on help from Faith and Finance patrons, supporters of this mission, to help us continue and expand our outreach. Please consider becoming a monthly Faith and Finance patron. Visit faithfi.com and click Give on the homepage.
1: We are grateful for support from Sound Mind Investing in the Faith and Finance program. If you have money in a retirement account or just a general investing account, you know the stock market can sometimes seem like a roller coaster. But it is possible to enjoy both profit and peace of mind in investing, no matter what's happening in the market. You can see a short video webinar on that topic at soundmindinvesting.org. Since 1990, Soundmind Investing has sought to offer financial wisdom for living well. soundmindinvesting.org. Well, we're thrilled to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. All right, it's time to take your calls and questions today. The number is 800-525-7000. We've got some lines open and room for you. Again, 800-525-7000. We'll begin in Woodstock, Illinois. Hi, Cindy. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hi, thanks for
0: taking my call, Rob. I listen to your show all the time. I love it. Um, My... (laughs) Sorry, I don't know if I can say it, but my husband went home to be with Jesus in August, and he had a, I guess it's an annuity, it says type IRA on it, and it's for like $66,000 I'm not really sure what to do with it. Um, I need to do something with it because I'm listed as the primary beneficiary, but... This was probably way before we had kids, so the contingent is uh, his brother, who wasn't very good to him. So I just, I don't want to leave it. If something would happen to me, I would want it to go to our kids, obviously. Um, But I'm just really not sure what to do with it. It took a almost $20,000 hit lost last year, of course. Um, So I was just wondering what you think I should do with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, very good. Well, Cindy, I'm so sorry to hear about your husband's passing and certainly grateful for the hope of heaven uh, that we all enjoy as believers. And uh, I appreciate this decision you're trying to make as you're wanting to be a wise steward of what God has entrusted to you. Uh, are your bills covered, Cindy, or are you going to need to pull out a portion of this to help to supplement that?
0: No, I'm a nurse. I still work. We have a severely disabled okay. son. But in this uh-huh. year, my daughter's getting married, probably my son is getting married. so. I, and I have a 401k that's pretty good. I mean, it's down to like 750,000, but so I, I don't need it for my future necessarily.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, as a spouse, you're going to have more options than uh, if you were inheriting this as a non-spouse. And so, uh, you know, most contracts permit a spouse to determine what to do with an annuity after the owner dies. A spouse can often choose to change the new annuity contract into their name, assuming all rules and rights to the initial agreement and delaying the immediate tax consequences. Uh, they'll have the ability to collect all remaining payments and any death benefits and choose beneficiaries so the spouse then becomes the new annuitant. And when that happens, then the spouse, if it's already been what's called annuitized and there was a stream of income being paid out, that would then come to the spouse in the event that it's not uh, annuitized and it's just continuing to grow, then you would have the same rights and privileges of the owner, your husband, uh, in terms of how you proceed, both letting it continue to grow, rolling it out to an IRA potentially, or beginning to annuitize it at some point in the future, which means you would just initiate a lifetime payment stream uh, out to yourself. So I think that's the first question is, would you like to leave it there and just let it continue to grow now in your name as the annuitant, or are you wanting to roll it out to an IRA or begin to draw an income from it? Do you have a sense of what direction you'd like to go there?
0: Um, well, it says annuity date uh, in 2030, so I, I guess it's not, but we were getting a tiny like $90 every three months or something from it. Mm. Uh, yeah, I kind of okay. was thinking just to cash it out just because I have these big weddings and stuff, although I don't want to just toss it away either. Yeah.
1: Um, sure, sure. Uh, do you know if the money was put in pre-tax by chance? I... I I really
0: don't know. Yeah, that's Sorry. okay.
1: Yeah, no problem. And do you have a financial advisor, Cindy, that you've worked with? No. Okay. Yeah, I think it would be good to have somebody look this over because the uh, I, you absolutely should be able to take it out. Um, and if you want to take it out, you, know, you may want to consider taking half this year, half next year, assuming it's all going to be taxable if it went into the annuity on a pre-tax basis. But you're going to want to factor the taxes into how you elect to take this money out and then what you do with it after. So one option would be it gets rolled to an IRA and then you could choose to do with it what you want at that point. Again, assuming it's pre tax money. It could be put into CDs that mature at various points based on how you need the money. It could be, you know, just sitting in cash type, uh, you know, accounts um, and then available for you to take distributions to pay for wedding expenses and and things like that. But I do think you need an advisor or at the very least uh, the insurance agent who sold this to your husband and you uh, a while back. Are you still in contact or do you have a relationship with somebody at the insurance company?
0: No, I, there's a number to call. I called, left a message and they just said, fill out the form. So it's been, actually, I've been trying to work with this since October. It's a little frustrating.
1: Okay. No, I understand. Would you rather connect with an advisor or do you have a family member or friend that could help you look this over? What do you think would be the best option?
0: Uh, Maybe an advisor.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, Well, what I would do then is head to our website at faithfi.com, faithfi.com, and click Find a CKA. That's going to stand for Certified Kingdom Advisor. And when you contact them, Cindy, just let them know the situation. Just say, listen, I'm just trying to analyze what I have here, understand the tax implications. You don't necessarily need somebody to do money management for you, investment advice. You really need somebody from a financial planning standpoint just to help you look at where you've got your assets, what income sources and assets you have have today including this annuity and what's the best way to position it to minimize the tax burden but to also give you access to the money you need to pay for the things that you have coming up on a relatively short-term basis and then perhaps they at the same time could just look over how you're positioned with the other assets just so you can make sure that you're as you're working you're continuing to save for the future in an appropriate way uh, you know so that you have a nest egg built up when you get to retirement that could supplement social security and so forth so Uh, If that works for you, I'd head to, again, faithfi.com, click find a CKA, perhaps reach out to two or three of those certified kingdom advisors and find the one that's the best fit.
0: Okay, thank you so much.
1: All right, Cindy, all the best to you. And thanks for calling today. If we can help further, don't hesitate to give us a call back. Uh, 800-525-7000 is the number to call. We've got several lines open today. We'd love to hear from you as we tackle your questions and comments. A quick email that came in from Dave. Dave writes, I don't want my credit to get scammed. Should I pay for a company to guard my credit or just freeze my credit report? You know, I'm not a big fan of paying for a credit guard because you can do it yourself. So I would say, Dave, uh, if you're pulling your credit reports every quarter at annualcreditreport.com, which is free, and monitoring those reports, and if you go ahead and freeze your credit, which is also free at each of the three bureaus, that's going to prevent anybody from opening a new account in your name fraudulently because the lender, extending credit, won't be able to access your credit file without the PIN number. Thanks for writing to us. Quickly to Missouri. Hey, Stephen. How can I help?
3: Hey, thank you for taking my call. And God bless sure. you. Sure, Thank you. Um, so my question to you is uh, several years ago, probably 23, 25 years ago, uh, my wife and I bought a uh, piece of farm ground. It's only 60 acres. Okay. Um, and well, quite honestly, you know, we, we, you know, we gave about a thousand dollars an acre for it. Well, now all this ground in the area is selling for five and six thousand dollars an acre. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my question to you is uh, about capital gains. Um, somebody, well, through conversations with some of my friends, they're telling me that you know if you've owned a place for more than five years, you don't have to worry about capital gains. Is that true?
1: Uh, only if it's your domicile. Has this? Have you lived here as your primary residence?
3: No, actually, it's just a piece of ground.
1: Okay. All right. So then it would be subject to capital gains. Let's do this, Stephen. Uh, I've got to hit a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about how you determine whether or not it's subject to capital gains and what you might be willing to pay. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Are you searching for a way to become a better, faithful steward of the resources that God has given you? Well, download the FaithFi app and join the 37,000 others who are already using our app. The FaithFi app will provide you with wisdom, community, and simply help you stay on track with your finances. We have three money management options to choose from, so find an option that fits your unique needs. It's available on desktop or mobile. Simply go
2: to faithfi.com and click App to get started. We're grateful for support from Eventide Investments on the Faith and Finance Program. Eventide's approach to values-based investing is grounded in the belief that humankind was created in the image of God, with intrinsic dignity, value, and worth. Eventide calls this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at eventideinvestments.com. That's eventideinvestments.com.
1: Have you with us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. Just before the break, we were talking to Stephen. He's in Missouri and He and his wife have a piece of farmland that they're looking to sell, and he was asking about capital gains. He's had someone tell him that if he's owned it for more than five years, perhaps he wouldn't be subject to capital gains. And the reality is what they were probably referring to, Stephen, only relates to your primary residence. Um, If you lived in a home for two out of the last five years as your domicile, then you can exclude up to $250,000 in profits or five. 500000 uh, 500, uh, as a married couple. But again, that only applies to your primary residence. So apart from that, this would be subject uh, to capital gains. And uh, the gain is the difference between the selling price and the original purchase price. Um, and then the the rate that would be applied to that since you owned it more than a year would be a long-term capital gain rate. And um, for most folks that are married filing jointly, that have uh, income—not the gain, but your income—between uh, roughly ninety thousand and five hundred and fifty thousand uh, for a for one year, you would be at a fifteen percent capital gains rate. Again, based on the the profit that you had upon the sale of that uh, piece of land. Does that make sense?
3: Well, that answers that question.
1: <laughs> yeah. Good news is you should have a lot of profit there and you get to keep 85% of it. But uh, yeah, you would you would have a capital gain. The only way to avoid that would be prior to the sale, if you wanted to give that away, a portion of that piece of property to what's called a donor advised fund, and you wanted to do some charitable giving with it, that would be one option. You wouldn't have to give the whole thing. Whatever portion you were going to uh, give away, you'd just give that percent of the property to a donor advised fund prior to the sale. Uh, and then you'd make miss out on that capital gain. You could also do what's called a 1031 exchange, which is essentially where you identify and buy a a similar property, also an investment property, within 180 days, and you can essentially roll the profits into that new property and you would kind of kick the can down the road on the capital gains until you sell that uh, piece of property. So it's a way just to kind of extend this investment through another piece of property without actually paying that capital gain. So those would be the only two ways to avoid that. Does that make sense?
3: That makes perfect sense. All right. Thank,
1: thank you for calling, sir. Thank you for sir. taking my call. Happy to do it. God bless you. 800-525-7000. We've got three lines open to uh, Chicagoland. Hey, Armin, thanks for calling. Go ahead.
4: Thanks for taking the call. I just sure. uh, wanted to ask a question about my 401k rollover uh, All right. request. I, I work for a company that... Uh, that closed down in 2021 uh, and sold some of the assets to another company. And then uh, I've requested my 401k to be rolled over to an IRA and uh, not been receiving those funds. I filled out all the proper paperwork with the account numbers and everything of where they would roll to. But uh, upon never receiving a check or that rollover, uh, learned that they said that the administrator has has to approve that. And There is no such administrator uh, to be found. So I'm curious to know what rules or laws apply to this. The latest request I've made is about 60 days ago, and I still Mm -hmm. haven't received anything.
1: Uh, yeah, well, uh, there's, there are plenty of uh, laws that govern this. Uh, you know, the um, Employee Benefits Security Administration of the Department of Labor uh, administers and enforces the provisions of the Employee Retirement Income Security Act, or what's called ERISA, that covers most private sector pension plans and retirement plans. Um, so, you know, there's uh, plenty of uh, both federal and state regulations that affect everything from the way they are administered to how they're advertised. I think the key here is this should be a pretty rudimentary process. Uh, I realize it complicates things with the company closing down, but the money in that 401k doesn't disappear. It usually just remains in that plan unless the plan itself is terminated and then it's rolled over to another account. So I would contact, have you been in touch with that plan administrator that still has the custody of the assets?
4: Yes, and they said that the plan itself was in the process of being dissolved, but that's been over the last nine months, and the status has never changed. It's still in the same status as it was last summer.
1: All right, and you've submitted the rollover paperwork uh, to the plan administrator? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, And so, yeah, I I would, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, You know, I would, uh, and and you've actually talked to a a person or you've just reading a website or what?
4: Uh, So I have spoken with a person after submitting the paperwork and calling in uh, basically weekly for the last six of the last eight weeks uh, regarding this, just to check. And they say there is a person that's Taking responsibility for that, uh, you know, getting the direction from the administrator and dissolving that plan, uh, okay. but they're dependent on the employer. And I said, well, okay. that's such yeah. an odd use of terms because yeah. that employer yeah. doesn't exist.
1: Yeah. So. Well, I would I would continue to pursue that. I mean, the other approach, which is not going to be quick, but uh, you would call the Department of Labor's uh, Employee Benefits Security Administration. So they're ultimately responsible and there's a place there for you to submit a complaint or report a problem concerning uh, your retirement benefits plan. And so I would do that. Basically, if you just Google, uh, you know, Department of Labor Employee Benefits Security Administration or EBSA Complaint. you'll find a place on the Department of Labor's website, dol.gov, where you can submit, uh, you know, this uh, complaint. And you'd also be able to find, you know, where a, a list of answers to questions as to how you resolve this. But I would kind of be working both ends of this, continuing to work with the company and tell them, you know, you want your money immediately and, you know, you've submitted the paperwork and you're ready to get it out of there. You could also let them know that you're submitting a complaint uh, to the Department of Labor. But I would go ahead and do that as well. Just to get somebody working on it from that end, also. I know this is frustrating, so, um, but I think those are your your two next steps, um, you know, here based on the situation. So keep us posted on how that turns out, Armin. I'm so sorry to hear that you're going through this, and that's going to do it for us today. And as we wrap up, let me just say thanks for being with us today. Thank you for your calls. Thank you for listening, and thanks for being a faithful supporter of this ministry. You know, uh, beyond the broadcast, we have an entire team of contributors and coaches, web designers, and media producers working each day to develop tools and content to help you become a better biblical money manager. And none of that work would be possible without your financial support. We offer a lot of it for free, and that's only because of the generous gifts from listeners like you. If you're not yet one of our financial partners, but would like to be, would you visit our new website, faithfi.com? That's faith. FI.com and then click the give button to sign up. We'd certainly be grateful. In the meantime, please send an alarm on your phone and make plans to join us again next time. I'll be here. And I hope you will be too for the next installment of faith and finance.
2: See you then. Faith and finance is provided by faith and listeners like you.